Hello friends and welcome to the Cam and Jord podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today and starting your journey on holistic health. Here at the Cam and Jord podcast, we interview everyday people to get an insight into how their experiences can give you lessons and learnings to help mold your everyday life. Cam and I are passionate about creating an environment where we provide you with resources and a roadmap to guide you down your journey. We believe our six pillars of holistic health are critical in creating success, but more importantly, happiness, giving you purpose and alignment in your own lives. Here at Cam and Jord, the holistic health topics we focus on are physical, emotional, social, mental, spiritual, and business health. We understand everyone's balance is different at different stages of life, and we're going to help you implement those along your journey. Jordy and I are open about our own holistic health journeys, constantly posting about how we implement the six pillars and the difference it makes in our everyday lives. And we just want to thank you for taking the first steps in your holistic journey with us today. Cam and I are constantly working behind the scenes to create further resources to help you guys implement these strategies from day to day. Please reach out to us if you want to connect in more depth. We would love to sit down, grab a coffee, and talk to our listeners more often. You can find us on Instagram at Cam and Jord. Alrighty, let's introduce today's guest. On today's episode of the Cam and Jord podcast, we have Simon Masters. Simon, or Simo, or Simpson, or Pie Man, or Simon Des, is the director owner of Masters Management Consultancy. On today's episode, we go into depth with Simon about his past and how it has led to his successful business today. We're going to go into depth into all the little things that played such big factors in Simon's development and led him to where he is today. Now, Cam, you've got a very close relationship with Simo, so I'll hand over to you so you can give the listeners a bit of a background on Simo. Yeah, I was lucky enough to meet Simo in year seven or year eight. We, funnily enough, connected through sport, which plays a big role in both of our lives. We played cricket, played golf, AFL, footy, any sport that you can think of together. And then we kind of developed a little friendship group that's still close today. Growing up, Simo was always the smart one of our group, whether it's book smart or street smart. Simo was always the man. He got a good ATAR. He was good at every sport you could think of. So he was always the big dog growing up. But Brownie, how did you connect with the pie man? I was lucky enough to meet Simo on the golf course as a lot of great friendships develop. Uh, Simo plays a, a strong part in uh, my life now. Um, he employs uh, my fiance Talia, um, where she has learned an absolute array of skills there at um, Masters Management. Um, something that she's uh, very lucky to be a part of and something she's very grateful to be a part of, as am I to have her learning those skills and implementing them now into my peak. So uh, Simo has been an integral part of both Cam and I's life, um, more so mine in recent years and, and Cam since early high school. Yeah, along with you, Brownie, Simo is actually one of my groomsmen to give the listeners a bit of insight into how close we are. But I think anyone that knows Simo growing up he was always bound to be successful in the business world, but I'm more interested in how successful he's been in other aspects of his life as well. So I think he's the perfect man for the listeners to listen to today and hopefully gain some more understanding how they can apply some of these lessons into their own lives. Yeah, Cam, I really enjoyed recording this episode with Simo, learning a lot of things about him that I didn't previously know, obviously about his trip over to the States, his professional golfing career, one thing that really stood out was how good Simo was at taking in knowledge but applying it practically in the everyday world. And 
Uh, Simo has done that really well, creating a fantastic network um, that's seeing him obviously be quite successful in his business currently. All right, let's get the pie man on. Howdy crew, welcome back to another episode here with the Brown Dog. Brown Dog, how are you traveling? Very well, thank you, Big Jugs. Uh, excited to be here at Cafe Royce, sitting down with the very suave man himself, Simon Masters. Simo, thank you very much for joining us today, mate. Gents, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, this has been a big ticket item, Simo. I've been best mates with you for a long time. And when we first started this podcast, we were like, we've got to get Simo on. We've got to delve into the life of Simon Masters and how he's got to where he's taking this long. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe before we delve into Simo's personal background, why don't you share a little bit on the relationship with Cam and then sort of how I come into it and how we're all sort of a little bit connected yeah, so the listeners know. Yeah, so uh, Weary, as we all know him, I first met Cam in the uh, early days of high school at St. Dominus College in Penrith. Um, and we both played cricket, so say no more. If you know Cam, um, you know cricket, and I guess that's, that's how it all started. And since then, we've just been... Um, like mates ever since, whether it's whether it's cricket, whether it's horse racing, whether it's sport in general, um, our families have you know come very close over the years as well. So I guess that's the I think we've been out of high school weary now for longer than we were actually at high school. Which wow. very old, but um, I've, I've known weary for since I was about 12, 13 years old. So um, yeah, I know Simo that you obviously. We're all a little bit interconnected at the moment. My fiance Toy is working with you, and I sort of know you through Cam. But it's a cute little circle we've got going yes, on at the moment. Great job, <laughs> Talia is. Yeah, so Talia, she's a, a digital and content specialist, and she is killing it. That sounds important. Pay rise, yeah. A couple of extra days would be brilliant. I suppose that's us. But what about you, Simo? You want to give us a, a background on sort of your upbringing and how things sort of instilled in you in your younger years and maybe sort of pushed you on a little bit of a journey to where you're sort of ticking some goals now? Yeah, sure. So, um, but for me, very, uh, I guess you could say, typical happy family upbringing. Um, was born and raised in Penrith, um, just at, at the foot of the Blue Mountains. Um, got two brothers, older brother and a younger brother. We're super close, super tight. Um, I'm in the middle and you know, like I, I mentioned before, I went to went to St. Dom's, um, all boys, high school, which I absolutely loved. Um, you know, the, the lifelong mates that I made out of high school and just the connections and so forth. I think not, not having the distractions of girls would have um, led a few of us astray. Um, <laughs> but that, but going to St. Dom's, I think definitely laid some really strong foundations for um, where I've gone on since then. Mm, yeah, and also, Pai Man, like you said, we met through cricket, but I know cricket wasn't the only sport you were good at. Sort of, what role has sport played in your upbringing to where you are today? Yeah, so um, naturally, three boys in the house, um, there's all kinds of sports. So we started soccer, um, you know, little athletics, soccer, which then as we got older and a bit bigger, that moved into rugby league and, you know, there was Oztag on the weeknights, um, cricket in the summer, there was always a little bit of golf on the side and then that moved into AFL eventually. Um, did a shocking 
a shocking shoulder injury in AFL, which ended all my ended my cricket bowling career. <laughs> uh, to tell you, um, so that's when I really started to take up golf because, like, frankly, my shoulder didn't permit me to do much else. <laughs> what so, age was the injury, Simon? Mate, it was. Um, I want to say it was the final year of high school or the second to last year. About six, I was about 16, yeah. 17. How did you do that? Um, Going up for a mark. Mm-hmm. Mate, yeah, it was, you know, I took the winning mark. And, <laughs> and, uh, no, someone, just, someone literally just pulled my arm out of my socket. Wow. And um, from that point on, it was bugger. It would just fall out. And um, just little things like putting on a shirt or like putting the putting the ball down for a try, it would just fall out, so I had the surgery. And, sound like Benny Ryan, man, and, um, with his shoulders. Oh, yeah, and the rest. Walked <laughs> out driving your car one day, didn't you find it? Yeah, swimming, just, um, but yeah, thankfully, I was still able to golf, so, yeah. <laughs> and what kind of path did the golf eventually lead you down? But yeah, so golf was, I got right into the golf. Um, after, so I finished high school 2014, um, I did pretty well in school, went, went straight into uh, university doing my business degree at the University of Technology Sydney, UTS in Broadway there, for all you UTS alumni listening. Um, <laughs> we get that, a few of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Paddy Cummins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, right on you, if there's, any, if there's any uni, I'd recommend anyone to go to. Uh, UTS hands down. Get the train, train straight into Central. There's a few pubs you've got to try to duck on the way. Um, on the way? I didn't often make it to class. And so that was, 2015 was the first year of uni. Um, and throughout that year, I was actually trying to get over to the US to play golf. So one of the, um, the huge attractions of the US when it comes to their collegiate sports is you know, if, you, if you're good at a sport, they will actually um, educate you as well. Mm. So it's one thing that Australia, in a population sense, um, just doesn't offer. So in 2016 and 2017, I was living in Los Angeles. I was playing for a um, junior college called College of the Canyons in like North LA County, kind of in the... Um, the canyons of LA, so to speak, or about 20 minutes north of UCLA. Anyone who knows all the big college, um, college unis over there. So, um, and I had a blast, probably spent too much time partying <laughs> at UCLA. Um, and for, for look, any of the golfers listening, like, like in my cohort or in my year, like it was Colin Morikara, Matthew wow. Wolf. Um, so it was a strong, it was a, um, a strong year, so to speak. Um, but like Los Angeles, like I, I loved it. So I actually did my associate's degree in business accounting um, over there, which not a lot of people know about. And then in 2017, I came back, came back to UTS where I started my business degree and actually finished off my um, Bachelor of Business so I got the Bachelor of Business and the Associates in Accounting and, and um, was able to travel the world whilst I did it, which was um, just an awesome experience. It was, uh, it, yeah. What was the best golf course you played over there, Simon? Um, I played a 
few America just know how to do golf. I played Pebble Beach, mm. played <laughs> with the old man at Pebble Beach. He came over to help get me settled in. Um, I also managed to play at um, TPC, the stadium course. Um, I played Chambers Bay, where they had the US Open. I think it was back in 2015. Um, and I also played Eastlake, where they hold the um, <laughs> Tour Championship, where Tiger Woods. Is that the last the round, like, what do they call it? Last comp of the season or something? Correct. Like, yeah. yeah the, the, it's generally where they have the final, the FedEx Cup. Yes. So I, I was very fortunate enough to play some cracking tracks over there. So you've gone over for golf. You've gone over for study, and obviously, like partying was a huge part of it as well. well you could it, rank we'll life. <laughs> life. If you could rank the three of those of importance while you're over there, so you know where does each one sort of sit? Um, for me, like I, I think the life, like the experience part of it, definitely comes first. Like I was always good at golf, but very aware that I wasn't a world beater heading over there, and and I certainly wasn't heading over there purely for the education side of things, or else I would you know, try to get into Oxford or something mm. like that. So for me, it was kind of like that holistic experience of, um, you know, living on the other side of the world independently. You know, a lot of our team were international. So there was guys on the team from France, England, like New Zealand, India, Argentina, um, and we're all living together. Um, and we're all there for the exact same reasons. So like culturally, was certainly very eye-opening um, and I think I grew up pretty quickly as well but like putting all those three things together like definitely the the, the holistic experience of it um, was like the most important part yeah really fun part of my life actually did you find traveling on your own took you outside your comfort zone yeah like I've always um, been like fairly um, comfortable at stepping outside of my comfort zone, if that makes any sense. Uh, you know, I'm not one to shy away from um, new experiences or trying new things. So um, I, I feel like I thrive in that kind of environment, but like definitely, there were definitely challenging times um, when, you know, like, you know, I was living in an apartment and you still got to, you know, you still got bills to pay, mm -hmm. you still got rent, groceries, everything like that. So, um, but, yeah, I, like definitely, like absolutely, um, like taught me to step out of my comfort zone for sure. What's like a, you know, a, a regular day over there for Simo? Say, you know, you've settled in. You know, obviously studies happening, the golf's happening, your, your holistic approach to life's happening. What's a typical day look for Simo? It's a very tough day, Brandon. <laughs> you know, you, you, you get up um, and. You know, you get up with, with, with the three roommates and we're off to play golf that day. <laughs> so we get up, we go to golf, we play golf. Um, and if, if we play poorly, we probably go and practice or work on whatever we need to work on. Or, or you take, we to driving range just around the corner. So um, every night you, you just basically rock up to the range. And at this range, there was also a par three course um, and an 18 hole course, Max Homer. Who, who won on the PGA Tour a couple of times this year. That was his home course. And um, so every evening, because the days are really long in LA, so it's like, it's like 
think of it as like peak daylight savings at the moment in Australia. So every, every evening you just go to the, the course and we had a, quite a big squad, there was about 18 guys. You just rock up and you find one of the guys, one of the lads, and you'd either you'd go to chip, go have a putt, go hit balls. <laughs> like every day was just the best. And the school was a breeze. Like, like, like I never um, had any issues with the classes, so I managed to, to, to get good results and do the bare minimum, which um, basically freed up my time to golf, and and party <laughs> pretty much so or travel I did a lot of travel within the US if we had like a long weekend or a, a, an extended break of classes or holiday period like I saw the entire West Coast um, you know Chicago Arizona um, Georgia and the rest so a lot of travel as well I really love my travel so um, yeah like short story long brownie but the day in the life of a college athlete is um pretty cruisy pretty cruisy <laughs> it didn't yeah didn't um didn't enjoy it enough to think i might just camp here for a couple more years did you ever think that you know you could stay there long term yeah man, I, I wish i was good enough to i um that was the goal the goal was for me is i had to try and play my way into what they call full ride or full scholarship so um, you know, in going over there, you, you you need to play well enough for a lot of the big big schools to recognise and essentially throw money at you. Um, I actually didn't play all that bad. I actually I actually played was in some of my best form over there. Um, but like I mentioned before, like my team, we actually our our college, we won this the California State Conference. We were the best um, junior college in the state of California. That's just to give you an idea of I could I could struggle to just crack our team mm. just to give you an idea of trying to crack um, like the American continent mm. um, like just to give you an idea of how 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 good the level of golf is over there um, so I think like like the best offers I got were like a sixty five seventy percent scholarship and the difference you know by the time you pay international rates and so forth was just too much to be able to um, you know make it viable so I had two options was either you know like like risk it and and, and, and see if I could crack it or come home and, and um, finish off the business degree and which is what I did and um, you know like I said before I knew I wasn't a world beater like, heading into it um, and knew like there was always the option of coming back to finish the, um, the business degree which is pay dividends as well so yeah where has your business degree taken you to Simo? mate um the expensive piece of paper it's interesting <laughs> uh so i finished my business degree just as covid had started so i haven't had my ceremony yet oh, no. oh my god yeah we had a um we had a mexican tequila party at home <laughs> so like a byo gown and so forth, but um, no, no tassel, no hassle, I say. <laughs> um, and yeah, so with, with the business degree off the back of that, I did a couple of internships like marketing. So actually, I, I did the accounting in, in Cali, came back, and I actually switched into marketing and more of a like, creative type. And um, I did, yeah, a couple of internships with uni, and then was at a, a marketing agency where. They had some pretty big clients like Callaway Golf, 
Wow. Um, Emirates, Westpac, um, Hewlett Packard, and so forth. Um, I was in their digital department there, and then that I had some clients which I was kind of serving um, my own clients after hours, which then grew to a point where um, I was able to launch my own business, Masters Management Consulting, and, and we started taking new clients in February. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, Weary, like the business degree is funny. It's, it's, it's more a credibility. Like I don't know anyone who's actually asked to look at it or check it or check the transcript mm. or whatever, but it's, 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 um, it's almost, you've just got to have it though. That's <laughs> how the world works, isn't it? I did a sports science degree and I'm saying I never ever show anyone my degree. I couldn't even tell you where my degree is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, just having the degree, people's perspectives change. Yeah. You know, they see what you do is more credible and they think that what you're doing is the right thing just because you've gone through the process that everyone sees is mm. the process you've got to do. I think you demonstrated like three or four years of commitment. I know mm. like back in our parents' era, it was like if you had a bachelor's degree, that was such a point of difference. Mm. Whereas now it's like everyone has a degree. Mm. And so like the separation point now is almost like your, your post-grad master's mm. or doctorate or whatever. Like it's just the, the bars just continually being raised. Mm. Um, so yeah, we'll see what's next. Well, what about, I'd like, like, we, Cameron, obviously know where you are now and how things are kicking, but I want to know, when you first took up your degree, did you have something in mind? Like, were you going in there for knowledge to start a business, or were you thinking, I'll have something under my belt that'll get me involved as an employee somewhere? Mate, yeah, I didn't really go in um, with, yeah, any real clear vision or end goal in mind, I actually thought I'd climb the typical corporate mm. ladder, um, you know, get the degree, start a job in a big firm and mm. in the city and, you know, that whole, that old chestnut, but I started doing that and I really just did not enjoy it. I actually hated it. Like I, I didn't like, and, and, and this is just me personally, obviously everyone's different, but for me, I just felt it was the office dynamic was like quite political, like a very slow career progression. Um, you know, you're kissing your boss's ass, who's kissing their boss's ass, who's mm. kissing their boss's ass, and like the level of responsibility, obviously at a junior level is quite low, but you've, you, I get you've got to earn your stripes as well, and then I just was kind of just squirming just to get out of there. I felt like I was capable of so much more. Um, and so then that's what kind of left, like allowed, well, led me to um, taking the, the leap, so to speak, of, of launching our company. And um, I, know, I, I haven't looked back one bit. <laughs> so, yeah. How, how much are you implementing from the degrees in the daily practices you do, or is it something that you've had to learn on the bounce? On the bounce, for sure. I definitely, like, for me, I look at uni like theoretically, like principally, um, in theory was good. What I learned on the job at the agency and other and other jobs, like certainly equipped me with a lot of good tools and resources in, in marketing, all different softwares and programs which you use. So, like that was definitely like more valuable than probably what the degree was. Um, and then 
a lot of the time now is definitely like building the airplane as you're flying it. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't know how to do something, we're getting on YouTube, we're Googling, we're reading blogs. Um, it's just, we just, there's a lot of self teaching, which um, I'm a pretty curious type, so I don't mind that sort of stuff at all. I remember when you started the business, Simo, you said something to me, you're like, might as well do it because if it doesn't work out, I can just go back to what I was doing before. Do you want to kind of like unpack that? And it's something that I think about as well and advice I give to people as well. Do you just want to unpack sort of what your thought process was at that time? Yeah, so like taking that leap that I mentioned before, I, 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 I barely calculated, I guess, in what I do. And for me, as a, as a young guy, I was 23, 24 at the time, I thought um, I, I can take a few risks here because, you know, I, I, I don't have a mortgage, or I don't have kids, I'm not married, I'm not in a position of really having any um, significant responsibilities or, or ties, which, um, which was pretty fortunate, which I thought if this all goes belly up, um, it's not going to be the be all or end all. Mm -hmm. um, whereas, you know, a lot of people, they have those responsibilities and they, they need that element of security. You can't blame them. So they, unfortunately, like they just can't afford to take those risks. So that was kind of my mindset leading into it. Like Cameron said, is all right, I'm going to have a crack at this. Um, the nine to five corporate is always going to be there. Um, and, and thankfully, so far, I haven't had to look back at that as an option, but um, that, that was definitely the mindset is, while I'm young, let's, um, let's take some risk because, you know, the next probably five, 10 years of my life, certainly um, not gonna have those, those opportunities mm -hmm. are gonna become fewer and fewer, so yeah. It's a great mindset. I remember when you told me it's something that stuck with me and saying that Brownie and I were going through a similar thing at the same time and we took a bit of a risk and going through the same thing now. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like you said, Cam, with the advice that you give to people, it's it's something that you don't give lightly because there are risks involved and things like that. But I think for those listening, you know, at an age that we're at, and Simo said it really well, the the lack of responsibility almost we have at the moment. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you two are the same. I know my family's given us such a great head start. You know, with you know myself and my siblings, that we almost owe it to have a have a crack, to have a go. So yeah. That's it. Lack, lack of responsibility, some might call me irresponsible. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you boys are, you boys are, do, are doing the exact same thing. So it's um, good to have us all in the room together. One other thing, Simo, you probably haven't touched on the array of jobs that you sort of dippled your toe in before you started this, sort of worked in pubs, sort of build websites, mm -hmm. you did a lot of different things. What was sort of the role those little nuts and bolts played in the job that you do or the business you run now? Yeah, no, yeah, good, very good point, Gary. I my first job, I was fourteen years old. I worked at a butcher's shop in Penrith Plaza, wow. and it was disgusting. <laughs> I used to come home with meat in my arm hairs, <laughs> in my ears. That's very ironic, funny. Those of you know, it's right at the old end. Is dark and smelly, and um, it, I used to catch the bus from St. Don. I used to catch the bus every afternoon to the plaza. I'd get off and I'd work, I'd wash just wash dishes. That's all I did was wash, wash all the dishes. And 
um, that taught me the valuable lesson of, all right, I definitely know what I don't want to do because there were people who worked there um, who like, clearly were a lot older than me and had been in that occupation for a long time and, and, and they had a lot of, they basically looked at me and said, look mate, you're young, like the world's your oyster, like if you're still working here in the next five or 10 years, like, I'll slap you around. Yeah. So, so there was that element. Um, and then I used to, I then worked in the, the, the pro shop at Lino Golf Club, um, which was quite timely given my um, desires to get, get over to the US at that stage. Sure. So it was very cruisy, I was over in 2015, I was working in the pro shop, did my uni work in the golf shop because it was quiet, and then I'd lock up the shop and go play golf. Um, tough gig. Mm-hmm. And then I, in addition to that, I used to just pour beers at, at uh, the Laxton Hotel, which is actually in Blackstone. Um, and I just poured beers there, very typical uni job, uh, hospitality, and the social network that that created was really fun. So everyone who worked at that pub was kind of between 20 and 30 years old, or even 18 to 30, and they were either at uni or at that um, pivotal point in their life where they've got some ambition, they're aspiring to do something, and pouring beers was just a bit of a means to an end. Mm. Um, So that definitely created like a connection, and um, you know, it was always funny, you knock off work, and you'd go out together, and like like actually, (laughs) that's how a lot of my, like Ben, who's actually just outside, that's how I met Ben. So the, the, the networks that that created and just meeting people, chatting to people over the bar from all walks of life certainly made me more um, worldly and, and appreciate a lot of different um, works, whether it's trades or corporates or what have you. Um, yeah, there's one thing I'd recommend to young people is like get a job at a pub, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, especially I suppose in the job you are now, network's probably one of the biggest things you probably require. I know a lot of people sort of have spoken to me about, you know, oh, you sort of started coaching and things like sort of overnight. Like when I started Rise, I sort of went from coaching some individual kids and then bam, we had the academy running. I said to a couple of guys, my parents in particular, you sort of don't think, but you've sort of done your degree in cricket since you're like nine or 10 years old. Like you've been playing the game for that long. You know, a lot of people I think, have these huge aspirations and want to start straight away, but can underestimate what it requires leading up to that point. And I think your network's probably one of those biggest things, Simo. Yeah, definitely. Like in, in business, and people want to do business with people who they trust mm-hmm. and who they know. And um, there's no better trust that's been, that's developed than having known someone for a long period of time or having, having known that person in another life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's, it's certainly one of the reasons that the, like the pub and everything has helped me be where I am today. So so do you want to talk about sort of when you first started or established um, Masters and sort of how many um, employees you had, how many um, customers you had at that point and sort of where things are at now and, and that sort of journey to here? Yeah, sure, sure. So um, working backwards... How it all kind of started, like I mentioned, I was at the agency and I had some clients that I served on the side, but it wasn't really enough runs on the board to like publicly start taking new clients and um, you know look big in, in front of the bear, so to speak. Sure. And um, I've got to give a, a special mention to two people 
Um, one is Ben Breckenridge. He's the head pro of Lena Golf Club. Now, Ben was running a very, very successful um, online eBay business selling golf gear. And I approached him with an opportunity. eBay take a, a huge slice, like 13% sales commission wow. of all your sales. And um, basically the amount of money that, that Benny was giving up to eBay, I said, mate, you need to build your own asset. Like you get to keep all that slice you get to keep. I mean, obviously there's still expenses in, in building the, the site or an e-commerce platform as we call it. Um, and to Benny's credit, he as a mate, he turned around and he said, Simone, um, you go for it. Like, and for me, that was my pilot project. And I goes back to what you said before about learning on the fly. I had no idea. Right. I had no idea how to build an e-commerce platform. And this brings me to the second person that I really need to thank, and his name is Simon Olson. And Simon Olson, he's a senior developer with Channel 9, who's kicking goals in North Sydney at their new building there. And, and he would, how I know Simon is through the agency. And we kept in touch, he's a golf tragic, and we exchanged golf lessons for web dev lessons. And so, um, so I was- Bartering. Yeah, that constant deal. Um, and so I was able to build um, Ben's online golf shop, um, which you might know, the local golfer. Um, basically off the back of um, Simon Olsen as a mentor, uh, he, he's got a young family, he would jump on Zoom calls at 9, 10 p.m. at night once, he kid, once his kids has gone, had gone to bed to, to show me the ropes and show me what to do. And then in those, he's a busy guy, so I'd be on you, I'd, I'd go to bed and people watch Netflix, I'd watch YouTube for hours and on, hours on end every night as I go to bed, just YouTube videos, like how to, how to code and all that kind of stuff. And then um, off the back of getting some really good results for the local golfer, that kind of then grew me to take on other clients and then it all kind of just snowballed from there. So yeah, I was, I was a one man band, um, at the start of this year, and there's now eight of us in total. Um, so we've got two digital content specialists, um, Talia and Will, as you know. Uh, we've got Suresh, who's our, our graphic designer. Um, our two techies, um, Ben Pout and Gerard Holman Lee. Um, and Adam Tabiri, who's our photographer, videographer. Um, and we've recently brought on a great guy, Jack Stoddard. He's a, actually a creative professional writer, so he does a lot of the content writing for blogs. Uh, we're currently servicing just under 20 clients at the moment. Um, and it's in a broad range of marketing services, whether that's like app development, iOS, Android, um, e-commerce, online shopping, which has just been going from strength to strength at the moment with COVID and rain and shopping online. So we're pretty fortunate, kind of like writing this for the right time. Uh, website development, website design, um, digital advertising, whether that's like Google advertising, or social media, um, branding, print design, search engine optimization. So we are like an end-to-end marketing solution. So the one thing that our clients love about us is that we do everything. Um, so that, that one-stop shop mentality is, is certainly one of our biggest assets. So, yeah. 
it's a good mixture, golf and business. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Greg Norman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about um, from a results side of things, Simo? Um, what have you done for the local golfer from you know Benny's eBay stuff to sort of where they're at now? And I don't know if there's some tangible results you can sort of speak sure. about. Yeah, uh, we just had Black Friday. Um, so to give you an idea, like tan- tangibility wise, Black Friday, I think we took nearly a hundred orders for the day, Wow! which is, th- which was triple his best ever day prior to that. So, That's incredible. um, his best day times three, another way you want to look at it. We, since um, his, his best month prior to us coming on board, um, the month gone just by, we just doubled that. So the, the growth we have been achieving, and, and the best is yet to come, like we're still ironing out a few creases, um, but like the month on month growth is like, like for the first six months, we doubled sales month on month, just for six months. Um, so like it's, it's been pretty incredible. And you know what, I'm not like, that's not just us as well. We're pretty fortunate that the golf industry in itself during the lockdown period went through a pretty insane growth phase. Yeah, absolutely. The sport remained quite untouched. Um, there's a lot of rich white boomers in powerful positions. A lot of people, a lot of first time people getting into golf. So look, I'm not going to sit here and beat my chest and say it was all our company. Um, it certainly was a combination of our efforts as well as um, like the golf booming in Australia. So, um, and that that's just one, you know, I, I could give you uh, numerous examples for other clients as well, but I think we all like talking golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. Well, I'd love to know, Simo, where do you see the business in the future? What do you want to do and where do you want to take the business? Yeah, it's, it's a good question here. I'm still working that one out myself. Um, we we just had our, our Christmas party on Friday and someone asked me the same question. And for us, like it's like the number of clients that we service, it's not really a question of quantity, but a question of quality. So, um, you know, business is business and we, you, you know, it's very much results driven. Um, we like to do business with a bit of style, a bit of fun, a bit of enjoyment, and with a level of care that um, almost concentrates on the journey as much as about getting the result as well. Um, so in saying that, like for us, like obviously like growth is um, like without a question, but like definitely growing in a way that, um, you know, we're not gonna fall flat on our face or we're gonna grow in a way that is detriment to the level of service that we want to offer to the client. So for us, it's definitely like a slow and steady approach. Um, I would rather have, um, you know, 20 quality clients than, than 50 um, that there's just no level of care mm-hmm. or, um, you know, enjoyment or a level of communication that's that builds resentment. So um, yeah, like, Definitely trending in the direction which we've been going, but like very mindful of not like like I said before, not falling flat on our face with it. So yeah, 
business is obviously doing really well for you, Simo, and I know you spoke about how, you know, while others were probably watching Netflix, you're watching these YouTube videos up late, and is it still sort of that grind at the moment? I know you're still obviously in the early stages, but the growth you've had over 12 months is obviously significant, and, you know, hats off to you, that's incredible. Um, but are you starting to maybe fall back into a little bit of a you know, work-life balance? How are you sort of managing your... You know, coming from Cam and I, your holistic approach to things. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, great point. My approach was when I was first starting the business, and, I, and and which I still am still starting the business, right? But the nights of, of watching YouTube, like, just wasn't sustainable, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, you burn out quick. Um, so I pretty quickly balanced that. And at the time, I was just so enthusiastic, so hungry. And, and you had this real opportunity and that's just what you've got to do. Um, and then as time goes on, you just, uh, I think, shit, like, how was I doing that? Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And as, as we've brought on more staff, my attention has definitely shifted towards their welfare and making sure they're motivated and doing work, which they enjoy, um, making sure they're jumping out of bed every morning. So my I definitely am less on the tools, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, which, and I love, I really love people and getting the most out of people. So I've quite enjoyed um, the management aspect of working with the team. And, you know, Gerard, we just we just came from lunch at Osso Steakhouse on Gerard's birthday. So we just took him out for, um, took him out for lunch and had a, had a beer over lunch. And that's the, the kind of, that's kind of our approach. Um, in terms of work-life balance, I train most mornings. So I normally do a six or a seven a.m. class at um, MG Actives in Penrith. Um, there's a group of group of friends that train. My older brother Joe, in particular, and then we'll normally start here in the office anywhere between eight and nine. Um, and we we knock off at around three three thirty. Um, normally, people have that the three three thirty. Um, coffee need and kind of hit that lull or most people might take a nap or whatever. We actually just call it a day there. Um, for us, we just, we go hard and we go strong from from eight to three. Really short break for lunch, um, but it's kind of like short and strong rather than, I've worked in the corporate gig where you, from three to five, you just sit around twiddling your thumbs. Um, the staff gets a big peak hour coming home. Um, so that's like, if that's any kind of insight to the, I guess the, the holistic approach, um, like life, there's more to there's more to life than just work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. About twelve months from now, if you're sitting here in another twelve months, where is the company going to be, or where do we Ooh, hope it's going to be? Big question. Big question. <laughs> um, May I'd like to? I'd like to have a bigger, a bigger office, one where. Um, we could do it all, you know, have a, a full photo shoot um, studio, you know, lounge TV, probably a little bar in there, <laughs> on the table. Um, I think that'd be really cool to have a, like a, a hub yeah. where um, not just our company could use it, but um, friends, partners, clients can drop in. It's just a really fun space, like a, a productive space to work out of. Um, that's certainly one of the big goals that I have. So um, in 12 months time, if that's happening, Brownie, I'll be one very happy camper. So. 
if you've got some life lessons for some of the guys listening out there, something that sort of um, stuck with you from a young age or something that's happened as of late, um, is there a saying that sort of springs to mind that sort of one gets you out of bed in the morning or when things get a little bit tough during the day that you can sort of repeat to yourself every now and then that keeps you kicking? Yeah, um, as, as a 25 year old, I don't know if, if I'm in, in um, you know, a position of wisdom to, to give much advice um, based on my experiences so far. I would say, like, just don't be afraid to, to have a crack mm-hmm. and take some risks, especially while you're young. Um, like, what is the worst that could go wrong? I think, uh, like, one of the quotes I've always heard is, uh, will it matter in 10 years? Mm-hmm. Um, just a way of looking at things in the big picture. Um, and just keep some perspective about what you do. Like, there's, like I'm in a super fortunate position with my upbringing, my family, and my friends, and um, like I have a, a lot of things to be grateful for, and that always serves as a really um, helpful reminder. It keeps me grounded and keeps things in perspective when I think the world's you know falling in on me. And um, it's just there's a lot of people who have it so much worse off than me, um, and the, I think the more I remind myself that. It then, um, you know, you look at the world through a different lens, and I think, and uh, you know, it, you know, like I said, like we're, we're pretty lucky. Mm-hmm. So that's for me, like perspective and just like staying um, grateful. As much as a cliche that is, I think it's a cliche for a reason. So. What about Simo? Like you said, we're still young, learning ourselves. Is there? Something or a couple of things that you would have loved to know when you were a bit younger, maybe going through school mm. or going through uni, there's something that you learned maybe even since you started the business that you thought, gee, I wish I knew this when I was a little bit younger. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think the power of saying no, I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm still learning it because I'm not very good at saying mm. no. Um, and whether that's no to um, like, you know, social events or just, I've always just been a bit of a yes man and, and sometimes you can try to be everyone, everything to everyone and you, you kind of forget about yourself and your own like level of self-care and um, like doing what you actually like to do rather than trying to please everyone else. So for me, like the ability to um, to say no and, and not really care what other people think mm-hmm. is, um, is something I'm still working on and I wish I hadn't wanted to start working on it. Sure. So, yeah. you, you touched on it Simo grateful is something that we speak a lot about and we will get into those but an epiphany ambition was the, was what I'm thinking ambition <laughs> if you haven't figured out Simo's obviously quite an ambitious man I want to know Simo what your sort of biggest goal is and it doesn't have to be um, involved with masters it can be something that you see happening you know into your 30s 40s or even later years what do you sort of what's your big picture goal how do you sort of want to I don't know, influence other people, change the world, or just have pretty much exactly what you want in your lap? Sure. Um, wow, wow, big question. <laughs> wow. I'm interested to hear this yeah, one. Yeah, 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 me too. <laughs> me too. Um, mate, for me, I, I, I think it is the impact I have on people mm. around me. I think if I can in some little way make 
someone being the best version of themselves, then um, then I think I've I've done my job, mm. so to speak. Um, sure, you know I I, I ambitions whether in um, personal or life or wealth or what have you, but like, I'd never want to try shortcut that or do that at someone else's like, detriment either. So um, you know playing by the rules so to speak and, and like just keep my head down keep plodding along keep working and, and um, like, like I was saying at the beginning is much about really enjoying the journey and, and having fun along the way as it is about the result because I think if you just have your eyes on the prize um, I think that can be pretty toxic you know just, just shooting for um, one like one thing at, at the expense of everything else. Sure. And that's just in my personal opinion. But um, yeah, but yeah. in terms of, um, I probably should set some goals. I've heard people setting goals for the decade and, and so forth. Um, but for me, I just want to try to be the best version of me mm. for those around me. suppose that's a daily thing as well, isn't it? Ticking off those little things daily, getting there at 6 a.m. in the morning, getting to the office at 9, clocking off at 3.30, yeah. I suppose yeah, you tick those yeah. things off and take care of itself. Yeah, yeah, that's it, mate. Just that's it. you just got to keep keep chipping away. So yeah. How's your golf life gone since the business has started, Simon? <laughs> mate, there hasn't really been a golf life. The um the home office chipping games and getting a bit of a workout. <laughs> um, you let me know when you get that hub, Simon. We'll come and put a putting green in the office. Yeah, mate. Stuff putting green. We're gonna simulate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the level of ambition that I'm at. <laughs> well, there's his big goal. That's, there's his big goal. Yeah, I already big, said he didn't have any goals. I'm a big figure. So well, I can tell um, you your goals, you mate. Get yeah. off the tools, hit the simulator, all everyone else does the groundwork. <laughs> <laughs> that's your big goal. <laughs> no, that's not fair, mate. We're going to leave by his hand. Yeah, he's got me there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, mate, there hasn't, hasn't been much of a, um, a golf life, which I actually quite enjoy because I... Because I was used to play at such a competitive level, I then came back from the US and I was always studying and I never really practiced. And it's one of those things you don't use it, you lose it, right? And then I'd go play and play poorly and I'd get the shits with it because I'd expect to shoot par. And and so I'd actually play golf and then just be really angry afterwards. <laughs> um, like the, just the, the competitiveness within me. So having not played golf has actually been kind of liberating in a way. Like I probably played this year, I reckon I've played no more than a dozen times, mm-hmm. um, which is, for those of you who knew, I was playing two, three, four times a week. Um, like that is basically next to, next to no golf yeah. for me. And it's, you know what, it's freed up a lot of time on the weekends. Golf's a long game, takes a long time to play. Um, nothing on cricket. No, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> Ask about Jugs' uh, stint on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's fine. It's been fun having the local golf for us. Yeah, my little kit of golf. Absolutely. There and knowing the industry and knowing the market and knowing the products and everything like that. But um, yeah, I'm I'm actually been quite alright with no golf. Mm. Surprisingly. If people want to um, sort of get in touch with you, Simo, either you know as a mentor or just uh, uh, for your services, what's the best way for people to find you? 
Yeah, they can um, they can reach out to you boys. You boys can connect. Um, if they look me up on socials, Simon Masters, I'm sure they'll be able to find me. Um, we'll search the business Masters Management Consulting, and we'll um, we'll pop on pop on Google up there. Um, yeah, you know, there's, yeah, that's probably the best way. Yeah. Talking right. to some gratefuls. That's <laughs> good, Sarah. You know, you've spoken a lot about gratefuls today, and obviously every episode. Brownie and I rattled three off, so it's good that you've kind of given us a or given us a gateway into this. But do you want to go first, Brownie? Yeah, to... yeah, I'll start first. Um, so during the lockdown period, um, obviously things got a little short for some people. But Simo, with the business you're running, we're grateful. Obviously, that Talia could obviously keep up a couple of days' work and things like that. Um, so that was huge for her, probably just for her mental health and, and things like that. Just being able to. Uh, get some work done and, and sort of have a bit of purpose. So that was really important. It's like you trying to distract her in the background, mate. I was in the That's pretty normal. That's pretty normal. I try and get some attention off whenever I can. Uh, second uh, would be just Tuesday training. Um, Tuesday <laughs> training, even though I'm clocking off early today. Um, we're going to get there and, you know, there's nothing like seeing the boys. You know, the cricket training itself isn't the big ticket item. It's, it's seeing the lads and... Enjoying that social uh, element and, and things like that to sport. And the last one uh, is going to be my weddings uh, coming up. So that's something that I think about Woo! most days now. So whether it's organising suits or rings or, you know, <laughs> endless supply of money, that just seems to go out of the account for some vendor. Um, but no, that's going to be a fantastic day. So I think about that pretty regularly. So. Well, I think that leads me into my first one, that I'm sitting in the room with two of my groomsmen today, so that's my first grateful for both of you blokes being in this room today. Yeah, he's cute now. He gets very sentimental these days. The second one, the second one I actually used on our last podcast episode, I think today is the first time we've seen it since that day, and that's the sun, because we mm, haven't played true. a lot of, well, we played cricket on the weekend, but it wasn't. It was reduced cricket and it wasn't cricket that you can just rock up and enjoy yourself. It was a long day, so grateful the sun's out. Hopefully we get a good game of cricket in this weekend. Absolutely. And the third one's actually sort of the festive season. I think everyone's really gotten into the festive season because what we've gone through in the last or two years, I suppose, now. So everyone's got Christmas lights up, everyone's... You know, I still haven't bought any Christmas presents, but <laughs> things to be getting into the festive season like we haven't done so before because everyone is grateful that it's come around this year. So that's one of my gratefuls too. Very good. Um, my first one would have to be my family, um, both my immediate and my extended family. You know, obviously, as I mentioned before, it was very came very typical. Um, happy family that, that uh, really close with, with my two brothers uh, and the, the two of my best mates uh, my parents are super approachable you can talk to them about anything so I've just got a really good um, sounding board and support network there which, which um, makes life a whole lot easier uh, my second grateful would have to be my mates so in the room with two of them uh, as we speak and you know being able to now with post lockdown is, is go out and, and have a beer and have a yak and, and whether it's training together uh, playing sport together you know doing these type of things mm -hmm. like these um, like social connections are just 
so important, I think, just from even a mental health perspective, that outlet. It's obviously a very different type of conversation you're having with, with like my parents, for example. So um, it's really good to um, like just see my, my friends again. And that leads me on to the third one is I think like coming out of this pandemic, pandemic or, or so it seems, but um, I'm very grateful to be <laughs> be like free again coming out of lockdown it was a, a lockdown period for me i really struggled um mm. just being in solitary confinement so to speak um so part part, part of that up with the good weather at the moment it's, yeah um, you know i feel alive <laughs> good recipe for cold. <laughs> yeah. all right well i guess uh that brings us to the end of the episode and you know from cam and i mate we obviously wish you uh, all the success with the business moving forward. I mean, I know from a financial position, that'd be nice, but Talia and things like that. <laughs> um, but no, you're obviously doing some fantastic things, you know, like from uh, 12 months ago to being a one-man band to eight staff now and, and multiple clients, I think it's a testimony to who you are as a person and the way you do things. So all the best moving forward, mate. Hopefully we can sit down in another 12 months and, and have a chat and see where things are at then. and. I'm sure there'll be plenty more things to be grateful for in another 12 months. So thanks again, Simo. Very kind of you boys. I've really enjoyed that. I uh, appreciate you having me. Anytime. Thanks, gents. And that's a wrap for today's episode on the Kim and George podcast. Thanks for joining us today on our episode and we hope you're leaving today's episode a little bit more inspired, motivated and with some practical knowledge to take out into your own life. Please find us on Instagram at Kim and George where we post our holistic health journey or scroll below see some previous podcast episodes where we continue to interview everyday people and gain a greater understanding on their experiences and how we can apply lessons to our own lives. Keep in mind, guys, we're here for you. If you have anything you'd love to chat to us about, give us some feedback, sit down with a cup of coffee, give us a phone call, we're here for you. We're here to have a chat, we're here to help, and we'd love to listen to your stories also. If there's anyone you have in mind that can join us on the Cam and Jewel podcast, please reach out. We would love to hear their journey and how we can relate that to holistic health. Until next time on the Cam and Jewel podcast.